Sangiovese, Lambrusco, Sangiovese, Lambrusco, Aianico, Albana, Arnese, Barbera, Canaiolo, Cannonao, Carricam, Cesarese, Cortese, Cortese, Corvina, Corvina, Croatina, Crotina, Dolcetto. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Joy Livingston, and for the next several weeks, I will be bringing you some choice narrated content from the book Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories, written by Mr. Science himself, Professor Attilio Scienza, and Serena Imazio, published by PositivePress.net. To get a copy of the book, the Kindle version is available on Amazon and hardcover copies are available from Positive Press. If you like the content we share each week, consider donating to our show. Find details at italianwinepodcast.com or on our social media channels. Sit back and get your geek on as we jump into the details, stories, and science of Italian wines and vines. Sarah, when names can be misleading. Sarah was born in the 19th century. In fact, this vine still has the same denomination today. It is used to describe the vine, which was born in the middle of the century. In fact, it was officially adopted when the first ampelographic collections in France were created. Before then, the vine was called Serene, and was often confused with Mondeuse, called Gros Syrah or Proto Syrah, but also Persan, until the end of the 18th century. Many different laws have arisen around the origins of this vine, and it was only recently, though not exhaustively, that they found convincing scientific answers in molecular biology. It is also worth retracing the historical path that accompanied this vine from its origins to what is traditionally considered its second cradle, the mid-stretch of the Rhone. History tells us that in 1224, the nobleman Gaspard de Steinberg, returning from the Crusades, took Syrah with him from Cyprus to Tain, a town watered by the French River. This narration seems likely, all the more so if we compare it with the similar ones of Mondeuse and Altesse, a white vine very similar to Furmint, which also came from Cyprus to Hungary with the Templars, introduced by the Savoy family in the 13th century at the foot of the Western Alps. A hypothesis less documented is that Syrah is the so-called Allobrogica vine, named after the Celtic people, the Allobrogi, who lived in the region between Lake Geneva and the Rhone. It was praised by many Latin writers because it provided Imperial Rome with a very famous wine. It was called Picato, after the taste of pitch or tar. This is the so-called Goudron aroma of many aged wines, such as Rhone wines, but also Barolo a very complex descriptor of the wine's bouquet that recalls spicy, toasted, and licorice notes, resulting from the transformation of some chemical compounds of the berry's skin during aging. 
Linguistics offers us a fascinating possibility as to the origin of this vine. The Indo-European root ser, in fact, could indicate both the late character of ripening, present for example in the Latin serus, precisely late, also highlighted by Marshall in the 2nd century AD, and the designation of the place of cultivation, interpreted as a plain at the foot of the mountains. This second meaning would support the identification of Syrah with the Albanian grape variety Shesh, native to the region of Dures, in a wine-growing landscape similar to that of the Midi of France, to which the prefix Ser is referred to. In addition, in Albania, a large group of vines has considerable genetic proximity to Syrah and is called, perhaps not by chance, Serene. The first evidence of Syrah in Italy dates back to 1828, when it appeared in the collection of the ampelographer Giuseppe Acerbi from Mantua, under the name of Grosserin, or Hermitage. About 50 years later, the Count of Rovasenda and the Marquis Incisa della Rocchetta described the grape variety in Piemonte as Serene Serrah and Syrah del Ermitaggio. In Sicily, Baron Mendola, in 1868, indicated the vine in the catalogue logo of his collection only with the term Syrah. Apparently, this is a late arrival compared to what we saw with many other varieties, but in assessing the sources, we must remember that, as already mentioned above, it is simply the name Syrah that appears in the mid-19th century. It is likely that the presence of Syrah in Italy was earlier, but under different names. In fact, it is plausible that in Piemonte, in that area where it was first cultivated, that it was cultivated using the wrong names, Bragiola and the Neretta di Saluzzo. The first indications on its agronomic behavior and on the qualitative aptitudes of the vine are given by Mondini in 1903. They show a certain tolerance to the downy mildew fungal disease and sensitivity to iron chlorosis and drought. It is a vine that requires high temperatures and a lot of light, and since it is subject to diseases caused by viruses, it often does not produce a satisfactory production of grapes. In the past, it was not vinified in purity, but together with the old local varieties to which it brought color, softness, and aroma. At the end of the 19th century, it was present in almost all the Italian regions, even if it was more diffused in Tuscany, where it was used to improve Chianti. In 1868, the Visocchi brothers cultivated it in the Frusinate area, together with the Cesanese, while in Irpinia, the Avellino School of Enology contributes to its introduction and spreading throughout this territory because of the variety's high degree of adaptation to climatic conditions and tolerance to downy mildew. In the 1930s, its cultivation was extended to many regions, with the exception of Sicily, where there was no trace of it. Today, paradoxically, Sicily is the leading region for the presence of this vine, followed by Tuscany, especially in the territory of Cortona, 
which in recent years has proven to be a particularly favorable environment for the quality of wine. Although it is considered an international age for its diffusion in New World viticulture, its cultivation appears more problematic than that of the other French vines for its sensitivity to water stress, for the ease with which it over-ripens, for the worsening of the quality of the wine introduced by excessive production, and for a still unknown physiological alteration due to which, in the vineyards, you can see the death of many plants. It is a vine that more than any other is able to maintain the aromatic characteristics of the wine in warm environments. It produces wines that are a bit hard and seem immature when young, especially with prolonged post-fermentation macerations. It has the tendency to produce compounds that give a typical metallic taste, and for this reason it is often blended with Grenache and Mourvedre, with which it has a good aromatic and chromatic complementarity. In favorable environments and with a strict control of production per vine, it gives rise to wines suitable for aging that are alcoholic with an intense, stable color. It also has a good tannic structure with an aroma reminiscent of cloves and pepper because of a specific molecule, rotundone, belonging to the group of isoprenoids, derivatives of carotenes. Syrah is having great success in Australia, so much so that we are seeing an Australian Syrah style alongside that of the Rhones. Of course, this sensory profile distinction is also found in Italian Syrah, those from Cortona, and generally from Tuscany. They have characteristics closer to those of the Rhone or to continental wines, with red fruit notes with a slight minerality while those from Sicily are more similar to those from Australia, phenolic, spicy, with hints of chocolate and coffee, certainly very close to those wines from Mediterranean environments. In Australia, too, the Syrah produced in warm but not sweltering regions of the Hunter Valley and those of Kunawara have more elegant and spicy aromatic notes than those of the Barossa Valley and New South Wales. With a warmer climate, therefore, they are often oxidized, poor in aroma, and with hard tannins, and they are almost always cut with Cabernet Sauvignon and Grenache to attenuate their defects. Thank you for listening to this week's installment of Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories. We hope you expanded your horizons and gave your brain cells an Italian wine workout. We'll see you again next Thursday, and remember, the Kindle version of the book is available on Amazon, and hardcover copies are available from PositivePress.net. If you feel inspired to make a donation to our show, please visit us at theitalianwinepodcast.com. Find Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at Ita Wine Podcast. Perché la fine vuole il